0: Hey guys, you're listening to the Backboard Banner Podcast with me, Noah Yates. If you guys would like to hear this podcast somewhere else, we also are on Spotify, soon to be on Apple Music, and we are being hosted on Anchor, so check out their app at Anchor. Today we're going to give a little bit of the rundown of how the show is going to go, and we also have a special guest today with Steven Muratello, and we're going to be running through the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference today uh, and talking about their teams, uh, their coaching staff, uh, their six-man, their starting five, just a general rundown of the teams, uh, what we hope to expect in the future, and kind of how they've done their things in the past. So, uh, hey, Steve, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, though? I'm pretty good, dude. Uh, <laughs> you know, just trying to get through all this junk, but...
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but anyway, so I guess we're going to kick things off with Boston. Uh Try to get a little bit of alphabetical order going on right now. Easy, so. That's probably the easiest team in this yeah. uh, division. They uh, they have been up and coming for a long time. Yeah. And they uh, with the recent departure of Kyrie and them gaining uh, Kemba, that was probably the greatest switch of players I've ever seen. Oh yeah, for them for sure. I think yeah. it's worked out flawlessly. Uh, it seems to have done pretty good for Kyrie, too. He seems to enjoy the Nets a lot more. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, the Nets kind of suck, but...
0: Yeah, <laughs> they got KD coming next year. Yeah, part of that's because KD's
1: next. gone, but we'll get to that later.
0: Right, right. All right, so, uh, yeah, they're not looking too bad, actually. They've got a 43-20 on record when the season stops. So, they, like you said, they were doing pretty great. They were third in the East, so uh, that, they were going to make a pretty solid playoff run this year. Uh, and they still may, but...
1: Yeah, I think the most impressive thing at least from this season's perspective is a lot of people looked at the loss of Al Holford as more of a loss for them, especially defensively because he was like the linchpin for them. Right. But, I mean, they they I think they were better defensively this year, and part of that probably is because Jason Tatum got a lot better and you already got a guy like Brown, Jalen Brown, who's really good defensively, and Kemba probably tries a little bit harder on defense more than Kyrie. Um, but, yeah, considering the loss of Al Horford, they still performed really well defensively.
0: Yeah, they. Uh, I think they just kind of heard the call to action and just kind of stepped up and realized that they didn't have this man who was going to make constant stops.
1: Yeah, yeah I also think – so. I also think Daniel, Daniel Tice or Dice, however you pronounce Man, it. He is
0: such a good center, dude. Oh, yeah.
1: He is, I think, really underrated. He does Definitely. this thing called ceiling where he like basically like allows players like Jason Tatum to roll and just get an easy layup because he's just basically screening off the center and he's like really, really freaking good at it. If you look at some of the film, it's pretty ridiculous. But I think I think Daniel
0: Tice is very underrated. Oh, for sure. Honestly, their entire starting five is uh, pretty, pretty solid because they oh, got yeah. uh, Gordon Hayward, too, which is making an extremely great comeback from his injury, and so he is coming, I, I don't know if he'll ever be 100% again, but he's definitely kind of doing his old self now. He's making shots, he's getting it to the rim, you know, like he's just He's kind of being the old Gordon before he had that huge injury. So um, their target starting five is pretty pretty fire right now.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Gordon Hayward, he's kind of repetitive to me in their lineup because, I mean, you've got three guys in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward that all kind of do the same thing. But, but I think Tatum and Brown's defense is better.
0: So, for sure.
1: And, I mean, you look at, like, um, Gordon Hayward's contract. He's making $32 million this year as a player option for $34 million. That's a lot of money to get to a guy that's not doing – you know, he's not your best player.
0: Right. So. Uh, That's – honestly, I've kind of seen that pattern with different teams. Like, um, diversifying your roster – has some benefits but like okay so like for example the splash brothers uh steph and clay mm-hmm. like literally they have the exact same game for the most part they both can pretty much pull up from wherever they want beyond the arc and they're gonna hit it and they both can get to the basket with decent handle on the ball so and then they, so they're pretty much like i'm not gonna say the same player because obviously steph has leaps and bounds ahead of clay but um, they are. They both have the same game essentially. So they, and it works out for them.
1: Yeah, so, I, and think I think you kind of
0: have that r- rhythm going on in your team, that kind of does good. So yeah, and I think part of that is,
1: um, like, yeah, I think really the only thing that they do the same is Shoe threes. To me, I mean, I think they have different different dimensions of their game based on what position they play so for for instance clay plays way better defense than steph well, and yeah, steph the passes given, yeah. the ball way better because he's a point guard and oh, i think right. he has a better handle but i mean that's the warriors we're talking about the celtics <laughs> true we got um we'll change
0: it there for a second but
1: yeah i think the way that i like to look at these teams in the Atlantic Division was identified I, I did it very similar to uh, the Dunked On podcast I don't know if you've ever listened to them or not but um, they identified a core so to me like the core of this team right now is Tatum Jalen Brown and Kemba right and then you look at like the surrounding pieces so someone like Marcus Smart who we haven't talked about who I think is really really underrated I think his defense is ridiculous. He's one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best defender, arguably. Um, and I think the thing that's interesting about his defense is that he can hold his own sometimes in the post. So he can even card some fours that are a little weaker. And right, he sometimes takes some ill-advised shots. But, I mean, it's okay when you've got
0: guys like Tatum
1: draining step-back threes. In people's faces,
0: right? Yeah, Marcus Smart's very underrated. Uh, Honestly, they have an incredible roster. Period. Like their bench, bench is pretty deep, uh, and they've got a lot of great players on their bench that are just waiting to come out too. So yeah, I think they in three years
1: you got guys like Romeo Langford's gonna be a beast,
0: right? Yeah, they are definitely going to make a serious playoff run. Uh, I think they would have gotten farther last year had... uh, Honestly, Kyrie just didn't kind of... He just didn't have the chemistry with them very Mm -hmm. well. So they uh, just didn't do great. But...
1: Yeah. And I think
0: he was holding back
1: Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum a lot. So him leaving... I think it's not even necessarily, like, his talent leaving. It was his personality leaving, right? So, I mean, like, I would say him and Kemba are really similar. I'd say Kyrie's a little bit better than Kemba. But Kemba's personality is not so out there. So he just kind of, like, plays basketball and doesn't cause any media firestorm and allows Jason Tatum and... Jalen Brown to focus in on basketball and just gonna kind of ball out.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, because there was actually an interview done last year when Kemba first switched to the Celtics and they there was some, well the media tried to make it a power struggle between Tatum and Kemba mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, they asked Kemba they said something along the lines of, hey, you know, do you see yourself as the leader of this team? And he said, well, technically, I'm the point guard, but he said in a he said in the uh, if it came down to him, them in the playoffs and who he would choose to uh, be making the big plays, it would be Tatum because
1: that's really interesting. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Kemba recognizes that Tatum is the future of the Celtics. Oh yeah, and so like I think that's really smart of him to kind of step down and hand the mantle over to Tatum and just let him kind of do his thing. Mm-hmm. So. I have a question for you. All right.
1: Um, If slash when the playoffs resume for this year, and they play, I think they play the Sixers. The Sixers are the sixth seed. How do you see that first round matchup going down? If that Um, is the matchup,
0: I guess. I see. I definitely don't see the Sixers as that much of a threat. And that is gonna like s- spark some anger and that's gonna like turn some heads <laughs> but honestly I think them gaining Al Horford was a huge mistake yeah they he's been rough. Have, they have three guys that all three drive to the basket <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah
1: do you want I mean, to... they've got some shooters but like we can kind of use this to transition to the Sixers if you'd like
0: okay yeah we can go ahead to the O to the Sixers okay
1: cool so The way that I look at it, at least before we fully transition to the Sixers, I want to address my question. I think um, that matchup would be really interesting because the game in the playoffs slows down, and I think that would benefit the Sixers a lot because of the personnel they have, especially Embiid. Although there's always concerns about Embiid getting to play the entire series Because of his knees Yeah Yeah Um And I also think Like the Celtics Don't have anybody That can guard Embiid. I mean you got Daniel Tice sure But I don't think he's Good enough defensively To guard And no. Who is Yeah Arguably the best Center in the league Yeah
0: Right He's just a monster In the paint dude Right So Um Yeah But anyway They uh, uh- They honestly would have made a deeper playoff run last year if it hadn't been for Kawhi's, like, shot from the moon. Oh, yeah. That was just – I mean, that was an incredible shot on his part, but, like, with Jimmy Butler there, dude, that was, like – Yeah. That was such a good Sixers team.
1: Yeah, and I think Jimmy Butler was so – I love Jimmy Butler because I'm a Bulls fan, and he was awesome for us. And I think Jimmy Butler – personified Philadelphia's culture really well because they're that like blue collar, like right. Work, he's work really hard kind right. of well, culture and he embodies that really well.
0: Yeah. Well that's just that's just what he does. He's he honestly just is a dog, dude. He just yeah. gets gets in the gym and just just does what he needs to do. And he I mean, just I would say he's the biggest
1: reason why the heat did so well this year.
0: Yeah, well, that's they're kind of looking scary too, yeah. to be honest. They so, beat the Bucks, and they're yeah. they're matched up pretty well with the Bucks. Yeah, it's true. But uh, honestly, the Sixers just—I think that the biggest thing they could do right now is if they're going to keep Al Horford, if they don't intend on trading him, they need to um, sit him down, and he needs. To, to they need to have a talk with them about him essentially becoming like a Vince Carter role like he needs to be he needs to assume that he's been in the league for a long time he's getting up there in the age wise and he just needs to be able to like to coach and mentor the young players on the Sixers team or whatever team he goes to because that's essentially what Vince Carter is doing on the Hawks. Yeah. He just is is kind of like mentoring Trey and all them over there but so i think if al would just sit down and assume his role as a mentor now he's not a a hot shot 23 year old dude no more you know what i mean (laughs) so like yeah i think a big issue with
1: that though is that he's making so much money you have so much money tied out in him yes that's (laughs) that is a huge problem yeah like if he was on a minimum contract i would be like yeah That'd be amazing, but he's making twenty-eight million dollars a year. Albeit that's going downwards by five hundred k until twenty twenty-three. But right, he it's he's just got to play better for that contract. I think it, like in theory he would have worked really, really well because he could shoot threes, he could play next to Embiid. So then you've got a floor spacing big that can play really good defense. Who was the linchpin of the Celtics defense before he left, alongside Embiid, who's a great rim protector? Someone, uh, the guys on the Dunk Dom podcast, Danny Larue, said that they could have been the best defense in history if he had played better. And I think, especially looking at like Ben Simmons, who got Defensive Player of the Year considerations, he could have been. That defense could have been nasty.
0: Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so, I just wanted to see what happens with them. They just, if Al kind of gets in the swing of things with them, because I think there is some con- conflict with the, like, he, he can shoot threes, but he's also good at taking it to the rim, but so are Embiid and Simmons. So, until they kind of get their rotation and their and the flow of their game, like the chemistry up, I just don't see them making very much more progress.
1: Yeah, Um, and Horford. I don't think Horford shot that well this year, at least as well as he did with the Celtics. So that sucks. I think I think their success is based on Ben Simmons or Embiid's ability to shoot. Because Embiid has shown a little bit of it, and Ben has not. Simmons hasn't done anything. Um, Right. I think if one or both of them, if both of them learn how to shoot threes, then they're going to be. They're arguably the best team in the league, I in my opinion.
0: If they Definitely. if they learn how
1: to shoot, like Ben Simmons can guard at least four, if not five, positions. And Bede's the arguably the best center in the game. And if they learn how to shoot, that makes them that much better. I mean, they'd be ridiculous.
0: Yeah, they would be an in insane team. Yeah. Uh they Brett Brown's not doing too bad of a job as a coach there either. I, I'm a fan of him. I think he is a, yeah, I think he's a pretty good coach. I think that he's done a decent job. I don't think them trading away um, Jimmy was a great idea, but, you know, Uh, he seems to write a lot of good plays. Like he seems to want to run a lot of good plays with them. So I think he does a fairly well or fairly good job fairly well (laughs) with that team. But, uh, you know, I well, think that, they're kind of a question mark right now.
1: Yeah, I think, and you look at their away record; they're ten and twenty four, but they were twenty nine and two at home. So, right. I think that shows the maturity. Just they're just a young team, um, relatively young. They're not super young. Their core is young. Ben Simmons and Embiid are, you know, in their twenties, but everybody else right. is kind of on the wrong side of thirty. Horford, Tobias Harris. Um, Josh Richardson's not that old, but um, Brett Brown, yeah, Brett Brown. I am kind of indifferent on Brett Brown. I think he was their coach throughout the the process years with Sam Hinkie, so right. I think they kind of owe it to him to at least give him a shot with the team that's actually good. But I could see them firing him in the next two years if they don't. I mean after next year, if they don't figure it out how to get to the finals, at least I, I don't, I don't see him coming back.
0: Yeah. That's also a possibility. I mean, they just, uh, like, like I said, their, their entire team right now is an honest question mark. It just depends on kind of how things roll the next couple of years. But, um, well, I guess we should deep dive and to everyone's favorite team the Knicks um, I want to make one more comment about the Sixers alright go for it I think they paid Tobias
1: Harris too much money and that contract is going Ooh, to handicap that, the crap out of them
0: that is a very good point to make yeah
1: I, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I totally forgot about Tobias he's making 31 million dollars this year slowly going up to 40 million dollars in the 2023 2024 season that's a ridiculous amount of money, and he's not—he's their third best player, maybe.
0: Yeah, just—I don't know. But let's go. That, over the that is pretty insane. I mean, that's Tobias is cashing out, buddy. That's and that's for sure. Yeah, it must be nice, man, to be a—I
1: don't know. His—I would say that's a negative value contract considering he's oh, just—he's sure. just not giving you enough. If he was LeBron James, I'd be willing to pay him sixty million dollars, but he's not he's Tobias Harris
0: well the Knicks I think are doing pretty great this year Mm -hmm. Um, they are 12th in the East and they have an overall record of 21 and 45 so they are pretty deep in the negative yeah Um, (laughs) honestly I don't really have a I mean well I kind of have a problem with their roster or whatever I mean they got RJ Barrett who's incredibly young incredibly talented Um, They got Julius Randle. He's pretty good. Uh, Taj, you don't like it. You don't like him? No, I just don't. I think
1: Julius Randle's ceiling to me is sixth man of the year because I don't think he fits in. I don't think he shoots the ball well enough or plays defense well enough to be a starter. I think he needs to. He needs to come off the bench and be a scorer.
0: Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. They, uh, but the roster isn't my main issue. They just have a huge front office problem, yeah. and they have for years. And so, until they get their stuff situated out, their paperwork and their computer software, is going, whatever the problem is, about, <laughs> they need to figure it out and update it because they are just they well they can't ever seem to get any good draft picks. They never seem to hold on to any good players. I mean, they had poor Zingas, dude. Yeah. And they traded him for Cap to get Durant and Kyrie and they didn't get either of they them. They left for the Nets. Yeah, exactly. So like... Yeah, and they left for the Nets. And the Nets are like your little brother. Right. Yeah, they have definitely kind of taken over New York, I think. The Nets oh, yeah. have kind of become the team of New York. Oh, um, yeah. But they... But the Knicks just well it's not even that that um inclining to take an offer there like it's not very attractive to want to play for the Knicks yeah I
1: think their their owner needs to sell James Nolan he's just not he's not getting it done anymore
0: oh yeah for sure well he he honestly just is like such he's such an awful owner yeah and he he makes so many PR problems and he just never seems to do anything right and so like, I think he should cut his losses and where they're at and give the team to someone who could make them successful because they've been trying to, they need, they've needed to rebuild for like, gosh, I don't even know. They
1: need, they need twice. someone like Steve Ballmer for the Clippers. Like, yeah, they need someone to come in and bring a butt ton of energy with a butt ton of money so they can pay the luxury right. tax. Um, exactly. So they can get good again. But I mean I don't think they're gonna be good for another uh, three years at least. So I don't know. No, definitely not. Yeah.
0: And see if they if they had just tried to if they at least attempted a rebuild, they wouldn't have lost a lot of the stars that they've that they've had, but they like RJ Barrett, if things don't change there, RJ's not staying with the Knicks. Oh, yeah. Like are you kidding? Yeah. I think mean, I so. just
1: they need to slow play their rebuild. I don't think the right move is to... Like, the rumors that they're going to trade for Chris Paul, I think that's a mistake.
0: Yeah, because huge.
1: you get Chris Paul, and who else is on your team? RJ Barrett? He's 19. Right? right. And he wasn't amazing as rookie year. He can get a lot better. It's just like, I, I don't see... them being successful... Especially with the free agent class this year, I mean, maybe in 2021 when Giannis and a bunch of other incredible players are on the are in free agency, I just I think they got to slow play it. I think they got to get they got to play for their draft pick this year. Hopefully, they get someone like Lamelo. That would be I think Lamelo Ball would be perfect
0: for them. Yeah, that would be a nice. Yeah,
1: because it'd be I mean that's energy. For them, that's publicity, which is like positive publicity, right? Which is yeah, something they need. They some need. And I think he's yeah. he's a typical point guard where he will dribble up the court and pass to somebody, and that person is gonna score. That's Lamelo Ball, and then he also has a lot of potential. I think as a shot creator, so. I think, I really think they got to slow play this and not rush into trying to sign the best 10 players in the league. Right. I also don't think. Yeah. I think, I mean, you look at their prospects. I think Mitchell Robinson, he's good. Like, he's, I'd say he's their best player right now, Mitchell Robinson, and he's only making uh, $1.5 million. So that's amazing. But he's also really replaceable in the sense that there's a lot of centers that can do what he does that right. you can find for just as much money. So, I don't know what they do with him and even R.J. Barrett, like, I don't... I see him becoming a better JR Smith.
0: I, I, I don't uh, yeah, see him... I agree with I, yeah, that. Yeah, I don't
1: see him becoming like a Bradley Beal or someone like right. that.
0: no, definitely not. Um... Yeah. He may just end up being a very good supporting role. Um,
1: yeah. How do you feel about the uh rumor that they're gonna hire Tom Thibodeau? Uh I don't know
0: if i I I don't know if I believe it or not, but it is uh definitely eye opening. I not really eye opening, but it's it's very interesting. Enough. Um I'm not sure. Do you think he would fit if they're gonna do that or not?
1: Do you fit the roster? Um, I don't think so, but
0: well, I mean, I, I mean, I think obviously there's, there's always a possibility for anything. Like he could just come in there and like True. turn things around. But you just, I mean, you never know. But yeah, he doesn't seem like a great fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just have to, you'd have to see. Like again, they're kind of a, they're not really a question mark. Kind of like an asterisk right now. Like, yeah. Because I just don't know what's going on. But I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, they just, um,
1: they, yeah, they, they're rough. They got so many guys that just, like Dennis Smith, sucked this year. So you got guys like like Taj Gibson. Bro, Taj Gibson was good on the Bulls when being a power forward that couldn't shoot was good. Like, get him out. Get him out of the NBA. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Knicks are kind of a mess right now. Mm. Um, All right. I'm very excited to talk about this next team because I love Kyrie, so... Oh, man. Yeah, he is my homie. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would probably say second favorite player, not just because he's on the Nets, is KD, but that's a, that's a massive bandwagon. So we're just going to pretend that I like him. That's all <laughs> we're going to say. Okay, all right.
1: We got a bandwagon over here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, They didn't do that great this year, but I also don't think they did that bad, considering um, who they had so far. And plus, it's the first year, so you're never going to get incredible... um, I mean, Kyrie's had a couple of incredible games with the Nets, but I don't think you're going to get incredible chemistry from a team, even with all the hype surrounding him moving to the Brooklyn. So I think they have to have a couple years to settle. And I think having Katie on the floor with them is going to make a big difference. I mean, they only had a 30-34 record Mm -hmm. this year, but they um, have a lot of potential, I think, because Katie being able to go in there and him and Kyrie already have personal chemistry with them being friends. Mm -hmm. So I think that will carry into the team. Because when you have that positive energy with two players like that that are super close, usually that spreads and lets all the other players kind of like – like have chemistry with each yeah. other. So, you know, um, Spencer Dinwiddie as a point guard, I think that's a, I, I now again, I'm a Nets fan. So I'm going to think everything they do is like great, but like, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, I think he is also so, sort of underrated. Uh, oh, he, I definitely agree. He's I think is, uh, he is an incredible point guard. I just think he's a terrific. ball player. I, I so,
1: think he could play a little bit of the two for them, too. I think he, yeah. he could easily slot in as a shooting guard instead of the point guard, and when Kyrie's uh, yeah. off the He's floor... He's definitely
0: a solid one-two guard. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. When Kyrie's off the floor, I mean, you saw it this year, when Kyrie was injured, Spencer did when he stepped in and played really well, so...
0: Right. They uh, they have... I mean, and speaking of shooters, I mean, Joe Harris, oh, yeah. he, like, come on. He is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so, they've got... And then they got Karis LeVert, and he's a a pretty good guard. Yeah. And then Wilson Chandler, he's a pretty good forward. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) And then um, this is where the beef comes in, because DeAndre Jordan and Jarrett Allen have kind of been at at each other's necks um, because they originally were starting Jarrett, but then when they got DeAndre with this trade with Kyrie and Kevin I guess he assumed since he was DeAndre Jordan, they were gonna start him, but then he ended up being a bench player, and he did not like that. So he had he had some talks with the coaching staff. I think,
1: you yeah, know, I think that's, I think, some of the reporting came in that Katie and Kyrie were both annoyed with that because they thought DeAndre should be starting, and that's kind of what right. got Kenny Atkinson fired.
0: Yeah. Oh, I agree. That was it. they because there was like, Bleacher Report posted on it many times. But they were like, um, you know, quote, some players didn't like him yeah. and they wanted him gone. But uh, I mean, obviously, it was the people. The okay, I love Katie and Kyrie again. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but they are they are attitude. Oh yeah. I mean, they have such a personality sensitive, man. and they,
1: sensitive. <laughs> yeah, very.
0: So, you know, they. You just tell them their shirt looks bad, and they're like, "Man, he's you're
1: with me. Or, you're with up. me or so against like, me, bro.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, but I don't agree with them switching. DeAndre Jordan is starting because, in my opinion, I think Jared Allen is a much better center than DeAndre. I
1: think- At least, at least currently. I, just, I did, like. Why'd you spend so much money on DeAndre Jordan when Jared Allen does the exact same thing? Is um. like ten years younger and. Costs you eight million dollars less. I just I don't understand. Right. Like, get DeAndre Jordan out of there and find somebody else that can do half of what he does for half as much money, and start Jared Allen. Well,
0: I mean, I mean honestly, Jared Allen has a fro too. So like, yeah, you for real, man. He looks fro, like you know, <laughs> uh,
1: Doctor J, bro. He's bringing back that Doctor J See, fro. Exactly.
0: Yeah, but um, I think that DeAndre was kind of a package deal with KD and yeah, Kyrie. Yeah, was a big part of it. Already. Like, because KD, or not KD, uh, Kyrie was like, you know, I might come to Brooklyn if you uh, get my friend KD over here to come with me to Brooklyn. They're like, okay, we can do that. And we're like, and then they were like, hey, actually, we got, we've got uh, DeAndre Jordan, so we could bring him in too if you guys want. And they're like, uh, I mean, sure, <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then so... Now they've got this big three, but they, like you said, Jared Allen does the exact same thing, Plus, he's more Yeah, younger, and I, that's so. where
1: Kenny Atkinson was coming from. And Kenny Atkinson, as a Bulls fan, I really want the Bulls to get rid of Jim Boylan and sign, get Kenny Atkinson through the door. But maybe that's topic for another podcast. Anyways, I think Kenny Atkinson was, uh, was good for this roster, especially at least, I mean, maybe not moving forward, but... I think Kenny Atkinson was incredible for them through those those post Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett years when they sucked because he was very right. he emphasized player development a lot and that's exactly what they needed I mean you look at guys like Dinwiddie and Lavert who are nobodies and then Kenny Atkinson turned them into players
0: <laughs> right I think um, the whole team in general was sort of a um, out of the shadows team because Joe Harris, honestly, I had never heard of. Well, I had heard of Joe oh, Harris, yeah. but like he made a big a big spotlight when he won the three point contest at the in All Star yeah. weekend. So like, you know, it's they were they've all just kind of come out of the shadows in their own way. Um, I mean, Joe Harris has always put up decent numbers, but and so was Timmy and Levert, but they just kind of. Um, weren't recognized. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm pretty sure so, Joe Harris was on those Cavs teams with LeBron.
0: Yeah, he, yeah, he was. And
1: that's, that's really interesting, because you think, like, Joe Harris probably didn't get enough minutes back in Cleveland, and if he did, he yeah, could have exactly. been really, really good for them because of his shooting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that definitely would have been great to have a consistent... I mean, they had consistent shooters, but... Having him at the at the baseline or the wing to just knock a three whenever they needed one would have been very yeah. convenient, uh, especially during that big 2016 run. So. He reminds me a lot of um, uh, JJ Reddick. Yeah, he does. He is very similar. Um, so the Nets are kind of sitting where they're at. I definitely think they'll make a decent playoff run. There was actually been some rumor because, like, this is a big deal about them bringing the playoffs back anyway. um, With they're like, well, what about the the players that were injured? Are they gonna allow them to to play in the playoffs? Like, because they were talking about Kevin Durant coming in for this playoff run since it's gonna be since it's postponed. And I was like, well, they if they just allow them to pull players in like that, then the Nets could honestly pull a chip, yeah. (laughs) Like, and they and they we're seventh in the East. That so like the Raptors, um, Ooh, I don't know. The Raptors are good. <laughs> that's true, man. They are excellent. Um, but, but that's been a lot of rumor with a lot of players that have been injured. Um, so how do you, how do you feel about them well, uh, training for a third star? Uh, I, I mean, I like that idea. I think it's a a, a good move. do you
1: have any ideas about who they should trade for cause I got one guy in mind that I think would be perfect
0: let's see let me think I guess they could pull you know what let's just just get Giannis (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) KD for Uh, Giannis straight up (laughs) right exactly uh, Man, I don't know. That question honestly hasn't crossed my mind a ton. Uh, I haven't really thought about it that much. So I'm really interested to hear what so, you've got. So, first of all, I think
1: I have two guys that they should trade. DeAndre Jordan being one of them. And Karis LeVert being the other. Great. Which might be a little controversial. But I think what he does is kind of redundant. In that he is a scorer and he doesn't play amazing defense. He plays, like, average defense. And that's exactly what Kyrie and KD do. I think KD's defense is solid and better than average. But they're both, like, pure scorers. That's their archetype, right? And LaVert is a pure scorer. And I see him... I, I just don't see him... They need more defense. They need 3 and D guys that can guard twos and threes and potentially fours to help because Kyrie can't play defense really and Kevin Durant Kevin Durant plays good defense because he's so freaking long but and I think also coming back from the Achilles it's going to hurt him explosively but so I would say they trade DeAndre Jordan and Karis Lavert, and I think the perfect guy for them is Kevin
0: Love. Oh, that is a yeah. great call, man. I can't believe because, that I didn't think
1: of that. that. I mean, you look at, yeah, awesome. I think it would be perfect for them, because you get rid of DeAndre Jordan and Karis Lavert, and maybe a pick or two for Kevin Love, and you're getting Kevin Love who will make as much money as DeAndre Jordan and Karis Lavert next year. And you're putting him next to Jared Allen, who's a center who can't shoot. Kevin Love can shoot. That spreads the floor even more for KD and Kyrie, especially Kyrie, to, you know, put his moves on and get to the rim. Right. And he's a good rebounder. And I think, I don't know, his defense is not great, but I think it's serviceable enough to where you could throw him on the court and they they would be incredible. I just I think Kevin Love would be absolutely perfect for them offensively, maybe not defensively, but oh my god, I would lo- I-, I would watch you know 60% of the Nets games if Kevin Love was on that team. They'd be so fun to I mean, you look
0: okay guys we are back amid some (laughs) crazy technical difficulties um we have been fighting and we are now back um (laughs) luckily so uh steve do you remember where you left off at
1: um (laughs) i think i had just finished talking about how kevin love was perfect for the nets
0: that's Um, perfect that's right uh, I think,
1: I guess I was kind of done with that. I think we could go on. I have one question about the Nets for you. All right. Who do you think they should hire as the next coach?
0: Uh, well, if you want me to be honest, uh, I think they should hire Kenny Atkinson. I think he is. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I think they made a huge mistake letting him go. I mean, I agree. Um, so they, uh, they They did. Now their coach is Jock Vaughn. Yeah, uh, I'm not very familiar with him, so I I'm don't know either. his coaching style. Um, so honestly, I mean that—that's honestly my answer. If I had to give the Nets the best advice since gaining KD and Kyrie, it would probably be to hire back Kenny Atkinson and then tell Kevin and Kyrie to get over it.
1: <laughs> Dang,
0: I Man. mean. I mean, I don't know what were the what the disagreements were about with them, but I I just don't think you can. Uh, he's a great coach, and at the end of the day, you're there to play basketball.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, I don't know. I mean, I but that that would be my thing. I think he's a terrific coach, and I thought he was a great fit for the Nets, which is what really surprised me when they decided to let him go.
1: So, yeah, I think. Part of the reason probably why it didn't work is because of Kenny Atkinson's lack of experience with dealing with personalities and egos like Katie and Kyrie. Because I mean, while he's been coaching, he's had to deal with egos of Spencer Dinwiddie and Kara LeVert, who, you know, aren't exactly the most outspoken guys. Right. So, yeah, I think um, considering that. Tyloo would be good for them. Especially with his connection to Kyrie and if they get Kevin Love, they Kevin Love too. And maybe Joe Harris. Um. But I think Tyloo would be a good fit. I don't think Tom Thibodeau would be good for them because I think Tom Thibodeau's outdated now. But it is what it is. They gotta it find somebody.
0: Yeah, it's true. They gotta have a coach. So,
1: yeah.
0: um, well, I guess we might as well wrap things up with um, possibly next year's championship winner. So, um, mm. the the Raptors. I think they're um, the
1: most interesting team.
0: Yeah, for sure. This. They uh, have a forty-six and eighteen overall NBA record, and when the season ended, and that was, I mean. Gonna obviously, I mean, they. I don't think they would have been a no seventy-three win team, but they would have been in the. I would have guessed the high sixties. I mean, I think they would have made a great run this year. Um,
1: yeah, they had they had a better record than the
0: Clippers. Yeah, they. uh I mean, they Nick Nurse, obviously an incredible coach. He won him a championship. He's the best coach so. in the in the league. Oh
1: to yeah, me, he's absolutely a hundred percent the best coach in the league. I mean, he's he lost, arguably the best player in the league I don't think he's the best player in the league Kawhi Leonard but
0: but. at the
1: time you know he left at the height of his career and they are just as good if not even a little bit better than they were last year I just I, I can't even if Nick Nurse isn't there and you also look at they had Dwayne Casey they had the best record in the league Dwayne Casey gets fired after winning coach of the year Right, And then they hire Nick Nurse, and Nick Nurse in his rookie year as a coach wins them a championship after, like, coming out of the shadow of Dwayne Casey. That's ridiculous, I just think. Nick Nurse is amazing. If you watch some of the film, his... Their, the Raptors' defensive system... And, I mean, they did that box-in-one against Giannis in the playoffs. That's, like, some of that stuff is... Incredib- incredibly intuitive And inventive And I love that I think Nick Nurse is an amazing coach
0: Yeah, he's not doing too bad On the what the team he's got either Because yeah. even with the loss of um, Kawhi, they've still got Kyle Lowry And Pascal Siakam And Sergi Baca Fred Van Fleet was not one of my favorite players But he has Silenced me because he, I think, is a perfect fit for them.
1: Oh, I I loved watching him in the in the finals last year. He was awesome.
0: Yeah, I just wasn't entirely convinced, but this year has changed my mind because he has stayed consistent. So, um, they have a pretty good team, and I mean, it's no surprise that they're going to make a pretty deep playoff run, probably to the finals. If they get to play in the playoffs with all this junk going on,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Them, the Bucks, I think will. I, I, I don't know. The East is kind of a toss-up, but I really think the yep. Bucks are in prime position. So I, I, don't know if the Raptors will get Raptors will get past them without Kawhi, but I could see it happening because of. I think you, know, you just look at their personnel. If you if you want to get real specific. They lost Kawhi, but now they have OG Ananobi, who isn't, obviously is nowhere near as good as Kawhi, but is a really, really good defender. Isn't as good offensively, but I, a lot of people tout him as one of the best ISO 1-1 defenders in the league. So you throw him on Giannis, and it's defensively, you're almost as good as you were last year. So... You know, I don't know, man. Right. They could, they could make a really, really, they could make the finals.
0: It's like you said, it is kind of a toss up. I just don't see. Um, I mean, well, Giannis is is a monster on defense too, mm-hmm. and um, they've got a couple shooters over there. But I don't know. It would just be, it would yeah. be, very, it would be an interesting series. I can say that.
1: Yeah, I think they um, would. They, I think the Raptors would struggle offensively. Now that you mentioned Giannis's defense, I think. I mean, Siakam is their best scorer and he's not amazing at scoring His he's really so versatile that that's where his value comes from. I don't think he's, you know, he's obviously a good scorer, not a great scorer. So I don't know. That that series would be really interesting. I'd love to watch that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, they are going to do pretty well regardless yeah. if they get to continue any playoffs. I guess um, I
1: kind of will look a little bit to the future, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah,
0: go They're losing. It.
1: They've got three guys of their core are leaving in free agency. You've got Fred VanVleet, Serge Ibaka, and Marcus all going into free agency this year. Um, I think they absolutely have to re-sign one of Ibaka or Gasol. I think they should do Ibaka because he's five years younger and probably won't make as much money. But, or won't want as much money. I just, I think they, what they, those two do in spacing the floor and playing good defense allows the team to do so much that they, they're invaluable to their team. And they're so freaking long, both of them. Especially Serge. Like, it's just like... That length helps him defensively a lot. And then I, I don't think they really need Van Vliet. I think he does what he does very well, but... They're... They're... To me... Unless they win a championship this year... They should let Van Vliet and Gasol walk. If they win a championship, then... Sign him for another year and go for it. That was one of the mistakes you saw in the last dance. Where... I mean the Bulls won in 98 and Krause said screw it we're just gonna have everybody leave even right. though they, they would have at least contended for another three years but I, I think if they don't win the championship this year they play for the 21 free agency and try to get Giannis but past that you, they just they got a lot of great role players you look at like Aaron Davis, Chris Boucher—they're—they're they're set up. I think they're really interesting. I, I love them. I just—I—I I don't know why, but I—they just have this like energy about them that I really like.
0: Yeah, they are a very good team. They, uh, yeah, you can that that energy you mentioned is really noticeable. it um, just in general, like they—they they seem to have. Um, really good chemistry with each other. I've never seen or heard of any disagreements with them from the media oh, yeah. or anything. Like they just seem to have a very well put together team. There's this, both, there's um, this physically and emotionally. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but
1: there's this, no, there's good. this clip
0: of I
1: think it's it's Kyle Lowry, Fed OG, and Serge all sitting in like kind of a, a semicircle and some interviewer asked Serge a question about Fred Van Leet. And he's like, you ever seen Fred Van Leet, man? He's a big dog. <laughs> and he's got his accent, so it's funny. Yeah. And he's like, he's a big dog. He He's little, but he got big dog, big bite or whatever. Some, some, like, some along yeah. those lines, it was just so funny. And it was just so like, it was like a window into the locker room kind of. Which was interesting. Yeah. So I think you're right that they're they're friendly with each other. They like each other. I think they all like being the Toronto Raptors. Like they like being a part of their team, which is which is nice to see, especially considering right the last season where you look at KD and his you know strifes
0: yeah. with the Warriors and stuff like that. Well, there's such a. There's such a separation in mentality when it comes to players too because some players are in the league and all they want to do they don't care about the shoe deals. I mean, obviously I mean obviously the money is there but mm-hmm. like they are not there for the media spotlight, they're not there for any publicity. They literally just want to shoot basketball and they just want to Yeah, play. They just want to play
1: it. and have fun cuz it's they right. want to they want to play the game that they
0: love for a living. So, right. But there are still others that um, are in it for the culture. Like LeBron is definitely in it for the, I mean, he obviously plays, wants to play basketball, but he is definitely involved in the culture of, of the basketball too. Yeah. And they, you know, but so it's just, there's just a separation of, of mentality when it comes to that kind of thing. So I think they just kind of just enjoy playing basketball and with each other. And yeah. that uh, is just a really good I think connection. that's, that's the key is that they like doing it
1: with each other they right. just they just they seem like they're friends off the court which makes them better on the court and i think to go yeah. to go back to what you were saying about different strands of nba players i think there are the guys who just want to play basketball they don't really care about that money cuz they're they're making enough money to live there are other guys like lebron who are engulfed in the culture right i mean lebron's in space jam 2 he's speaking out against the protests that are going on and right stuff like that getting involved with like uninter- Uninterrupted and the shop that he's got and yeah, st- players like that who are, and most of those are probably superstars. And then you look at, there's that other strand that are in it for the money and they don't really love basketball, they kind of just are really good at it and I don't know of an example of that, but I'm sure that there are many out there that are just in it for the money.
0: Definitely. Um, They, I mean, there's probably some bench players that are just, they got drafted in, they kind of know their role as an off the bench, whatever they like forward or guard, whatever. And they just come in there to do their job and then go home Yeah. and and they're making $2 million. You know, like that's just, how it is, yeah. but um,
1: they just come in, play a couple of minutes, go home, have dinner, go to sleep, <laughs>
0: right? That's just yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what that was the Atlantic division. Uh, I think we got all five of the teams pretty well, um, broken down. Mm-hmm. They, uh,
1: so you could spend
0: hours upon hours on each of these teams individually, yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you wanted to, to dissect every single aspect of of the team you could be yeah. like you said you could be here for hours payroll so. front
1: office owner right, coach whatever yep
0: tons of it um, but anyway uh, let me ask you a question before we decide to finish this uh oh um, yeah so <laughs> what do you think about uh, the rumors about the NBA continuing in Orlando what about that
1: I it's interesting I haven't done a, enough research I'd say to, um, make a completely informed opinion, but an uninformed opinion is, I think it's cool. I think the idea that a bunch right. of NBA players are going to be in a bubble in Disney World, at Disney World, is kind of funny you think about. Like, you probably right. have will have NBA players and their families walking around Disney World with nobody there. It's just...
0: Yeah, that does sound that's pretty just,
1: Yeah, it sounds awesome for them. I think basketball coming back is something that we all need right now considering coronavirus and then the protests going on it's a lot of negativity a lot of stuff going on and I think the NBA coming back would be a good positive especially for 2020 which has so far been a pretty crap year (laughs) um but I mean you just I would love to see it. I just want to see it come back. I don't care if it's in Orlando or Houston or L.A. or wherever the hell they've been talking about it yeah, coming back. Yeah, they've, kind of,
0: they've been looking at a lot of places. Yeah. they. Uh, um, but you just can't be hooping with Mickey, you know? Yeah, so
1: I think they might just... I think, um, I guess I kind of want to pick your brain about this, too. I I don't know what the... I don't know if they have a formal plan set out yet. I haven't done enough research, like I said earlier. But would you like to see them do a playing tournament with, like, the 8 through 10 seeds? Because I would love to see that.
0: Yeah, that would be... uh, It'd be very competitive. And it would kind of spice... It would kind of spice things up a little bit. So, um, I think that it would... I mean, I'm all for it. I think it'd be super yeah, cool. Yeah, I think it's it's um,
1: it would benefit them because it's more games, which means more revenue. And then I think it also is in line with the, cha- the recent change in the draft lottery where they're trying to, to incentivize teams not to tank. So let's say they start in- to implement a playing tournament where the 8, 9, 10 or the seven, eight, nine, and 10 seeds play and I don't know maybe they play like a best of 3 series or something and like the 7 plays the 10 and the 8 plays the 9 so like this right. year it would be the Mavericks, the Mavericks against the Pelicans like I feel like this year people would love to see Zion against Luka that would be so fun to watch and then you've got the Trailblazers who made it to the conference finals last year playing against the Grizzlies you've got John Morant against Damian Lillard that'd be so fun to watch I just think I think the playing tournament would be awesome but I mean this that's kind of not with the Atlantic division kind of got off on a tangent but I think it'd be really cool no you're
0: good uh, it would be definitely very cool uh, the NBA has kind of a lot of freedom right now to kind of um, explore uh, new things yeah. with that kind of thing because um, I mean it's If they do end up crowning a champion and someone gets a chip this year, uh, it's always going to be an asterisk. It's always going to be a what if. I know. It's always going to be a what (laughs) if. Uh, So, And it sucks for whichever team because if, if, I don't know, um, Milwaukee makes an incredible run and they just end up getting a chip, that's Giannis' first chip. But then it'll be a... Well, Giannis might have not have won that if we hadn't had this whole breakout. So, like, I just... its I mean, it's going to be a rough one. But I think the NBA should should utilize the fact that this is already a crazy year. And if they're going to the experiment, they might as well experiment. Oh, yeah, because. I agree. So... I disagree, though, with the asterisk. I, this is
1: a topic for another podcast. But I think the idea that there's asterisks on finals is kind of ridiculous because you could put an asterisk on anything... Like, oh, KD got injured last year. Oh, the uh, the Warriors well, won yeah, in 2015 or whatever. I think it was 2015 when Kevin Love and Kyrie were both out and LeBron was ridiculous. Like, stuff like that. There's always going to be an asterisk to everything. So, to say that, oh, this one has an asterisk because coronavirus, it's like, okay, well, the whole point, the whole reward of winning an NBA championship is to say that you battle through the adversity of coronavirus or in other instances injuries or you know having uh th- being the three seed instead of the one seed so you're plugging that away against the whatever you know what I mean so yeah I think the the idea that there's an asterisk is dumb to me because there's an asterisk kind of ever championship
0: that's understandable yeah I can see where you're coming yeah. from on that so okay well sounds like we just got got everything wrapped up so um well thanks for coming on the show i enjoyed having you here we had some pretty good discourse Yeah. so thank you
1: thank you for having uh, me. i'm
0: honored yeah it was nice having (laughs) you on yeah oh well you know
1: (laughs) the start of something big man i'm excited for you
0: yeah this is this is a really fun thing i'm having fun with it so we'll have to see where everything goes but Well, I guess we're going to have to call things quits for the day, but I hope you have a good day, man. man. All right. Talk to you later.